Hello, and welcome to Notes from an Imaginary Place. I'm Rudy Dorneman, and this is a podcast of short stories set in fantastic imaginary places. And this month, we have a story called Kilns. Here we go. Kilns. I spend my days in empty rooms, making sure they're safe, swabbing and sampling to be sure any poisonous traces of old slips and glazes have been scrubbed from the walls. The kilns have been here a long, long time. Not as long as the stone tangle of petrified tree roots that they're built among, but long enough that the people who built them are mostly forgotten, remembered primarily by the places that now carry their family names. The river that's mostly dry, the town on the far side of the hills, the strip malls that glow on every horizon, obscuring starlight that might be nearly as old as the fossil trees. Not that anyone comes here to look at the stars. For myself, I wish I had time to pay attention to anything that's burning that far away. But about the kilns. Each is a single large room with a wide-mouthed door on one end and a chimney opening in the ceiling at the other. None of those chimneys remain standing, and the huge iron doors have usually tumbled downhill and turned to heaps of rust. The kilns themselves are so solidly constructed, however, that even after so much time, it's rare to find any damage. When I do my initial walkthroughs, I've never seen any buckled roofs, never tripped over any tree saplings growing up through the floor or in through the long sealed air intakes. Just as they are, the kilns make good refuges from the winds that sweep across the fossilized stumps and roots of the ancient forest. That said, few travelers will linger in an unrefurbished kiln for more than a few hours, and almost no one will stay overnight unless the weather is particularly terrible. The kilns are haunted by the ghosts of the fires that once filled them. Officially, it's just chemical residue on the walls and ceiling that glows with phosphorescence at night. But I know how well scoured everything is by the time the refurbishing is complete. I see all the test results. And still I hear the voices. The most concerning residue is supernatural. In the years when everyone seemed to be moving inland away from the coasts, because the coasts themselves were moving inland, renovators began turning the kilns into appealing little dwellings, and they asked me to join them as quality control inspector. I come along after the cleaning crews have chiseled out particularly bad sections of the kiln and hauled the debris away, after the new floor has been finished, after the walls are sealed and the ceiling spackled. I check surfaces, all the surfaces. I check the air, first when it's motionless, and then while being blown around by a set of fans I've set up so that no pocket of dust remains unstirred. I'll let things settle for a day, then check again, swabbing and sampling, laser fluorescing and ultravioleting, until I'm certain any toxic remnants of the kiln's past have been removed. Once I've given my okay, the rest of the transformation is quickly accomplished. 
The interior designers are very talented, and soon each renovated kiln feels warmly lived in while also carefully free of any individual personality. I conduct a final inspection when they're ready to be opened up for tours, so I see what the prospective tenants see when they come through. A very comfortable blank slate. The thoroughness of that comfort creeps me out a bit. The readier the kiln is for someone to move in, the more the designers have thought of everything a potential inhabitant could need or want, the more it feels to me like someone has just left, taking any sign of who they were and the life they've lived, gone somewhere that can't be reached and they won't ever be coming back. The way I'd leave if I didn't think the fire ghosts would follow me. More minds, more minds. From the moment I wake, they're chanting in my head. Sometimes one voice will wheedle apart from the collective. After all, it'll say, they want to create. They need to be inspired. So it's mutual, commensurate, equi-beneficial. I do my best to bring the ghosts what they want. Of course I do. I gave up trying to argue months ago. I don't know why they've selected me to be their emissary, but I can't talk them out of it. They don't care that marketing is nowhere in my job description or that I don't really have a flair for it. The renovator's first thought was to make the refurbished kilns available as short-term guest houses. Although most people would be alarmed by the idea of staying in a place that might possibly be haunted by fire, there'd be others who'd want to stay just for the chance of experiencing something unexplainable, however unsettling that something might be. The interior designers get in on the act by adding swirls of iridescent pigments to the walls. Nothing anyone would mistake for an actual fire ghost, but still somewhat reminiscent of the idea of one. Unfortunately, far more people were interested in hearing stories about someone else who'd braved an overnight stay than in actually braving an overnight themselves. The kilns mostly stood empty. In the evenings, the windows would occasionally be lit by shades of spectral red playing off the eerie, opalescent curlicues of the decorator's paint effects. The fossilized forest was quiet, just the rasping of sandy wind over rocky roots. Slowly, though, a story began to spread through the gossip network among artists. The fire ghosts, they said, were a manifestation of inspiration. The converted kilns were a place you could go to commune with them, and from which you might, hopefully, return with some spark of creativity. So they came, with their bare canvases, their empty notebooks, their unhandled clay. They stayed for days, for weeks, some even for months, and they left with paintings, sonnets, and sculptures. Some finished, some barely begun, but already developing in promising directions. That's when the fire ghosts, their appetites aroused, started talking to me. Bring us more, they said. We want to burn. Burn in minds. Burn and keep burning. And I guess we do have some responsibility to them. By turning the kilns into all these little short-term rentals, carefully built to meet or exceed all relevant safety codes, 
We cut the fire spirits off from their accustomed physical fuel. Never again will they feast on piles of wood or heaps of coal. So why not give them the non-physical food they're asking for? Better than leaving them to starve. It's just that they're always hungry, always needing new minds to inspire. So I spend my nights in the places where the creative types gather, tracking down potential guests for the converted kilns. Gallery openings, open mic readings, former industrial districts where the rents are low, coffee shops, bubble tea cafes, and all-night diners. Have you thought about a change of scenery, I say, over the background chatter of art critics or long-haul truckers? Break from your routine? Fresh start. A bit of a reset. Maybe begin something new. Maybe finish that one project that you just haven't been able to bring to a good close. Maybe find a whole new direction. There are always a few who seem likely, whose inspiration has turned dry and brittle, who seem like they'll make good tinder. I print up glossy brochures. I set up residency programs, corral funding for fellowships. I arrange conferences and retreats. It works. The artists come with their unfocused gazes and their inward visions. They come first in twos and threes, then in dozens and droves. But they're never enough. The renovators keep refurbishing. They too are artists of a kind, and they too have caught a light with rekindled creativity. No matter how many guests I bring in, there are always so many more empty kilns unoccupied. The crackling voices grow louder, ever more urgent, in my head, roaring now. Meanwhile, I've run out of marketing ideas. That internet coupon thing was a complete disaster, and the influencers I've been sponsoring don't seem to be influencing like they used to. Soon, I fear, I'll have no choice but to turn myself over to the fire ghosts and see what inspiration their fiery embrace will bring to me. And that was this month's story, Kilns. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Notes from an Imaginary Place. I've got a little bit of news to share this time. I have a story appearing in the July-August 2022 issue of the magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction, and uh, I'm thrilled that it's there. Uh, Fantasy and Science Fiction is a magazine that's been around for many decades that I've read since I was in middle school, and it's very, very cool to uh, see something I wrote in its pages. You can find that uh, early July. It should be appearing in bookstores that carry periodicals. Related to that, I'll be doing a reading online on July 21st, and you can find details on my website at rudydorneman.com with links to that and details about how you can listen to it on the 21st of July or after, because it'll be recorded on YouTube. So if you check that out, I hope you enjoy it. And in the meantime, thanks for listening today.